Welcome to Why Wait, the rise of real-time analytics, the Rockset podcast. We invite engineering, business thought leaders, and analytics specialists to share their stories with the world, providing insights into what your peers are doing to improve data and application analytics. I'm your host, Gio Tropiano of Rockset, and I'm here with my co-host, Druba Borkator, the co-founder and CTO of Rockset. Thanks again for being with us, uh, Druba. Before I introduce our guest today, if you have a question or comment on today's podcast, drop us a line at community.rockset.com or tweet at us at Rockset Cloud. Ben Larica is a data scientist starting anew in 2020. He was previously the chief data scientist at O'Reilly Media and the program chair of Strata at uh, strataconference.com, or excuse me, strataconf.com and the AI conference. Uh, and TensorFlow World. Currently, Ben runs um, and is the host and organizer, which I'm familiar with that uh, with that role uh, of the Data Exchange podcast, and runs Gradient Flow Research. Ben, huge welcome to the show. Thanks for being with us. Glad to be here. Anything for Druba? <laughs> awesome. And and so you guys know you guys uh, know each other very well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that uh, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it might have even been Doug Cutting that uh, introduced us. But uh, anyway, I'm a big fan, obviously, of all the work that uh, Druva has done over the years and uh, was always keen to figure out when he was going to start the company. And uh, I was excited to see uh, uh, Rockset get started and, and uh, thriving. Yeah, thanks, Ben. Thanks, really thanks for joining us uh, in this show. I think the first time we met you was in a Strata conference in London. And I think Doug Cutting was also there. So the three of us were talking um, and figuring out some data related issues. So that was a good time. Yeah. yeah, today's show will focus a lot on real time analytics. But before we get into that, um, I know you have uh, had your podcast uh, about data machine learning and AI. Uh, you have talked to multiple people in this area. Like, what are the top trends that data officers and scientists and CTOs are currently investigating and planning around in 2021? Um, so there are a few that come uh, to the top of my mind. So the first one is not really a trend, but more of a may perhaps maybe just a reinforcement of a, of an ongoing concern, which is, uh, I guess. Uh, uh, what we would call cybersecurity, but if you really analyze it, cybersecurity is information security, and information security is now data security and data privacy, right? So, so I would say that's a, a top concern right now, especially since there's so many headlines of uh, of breaches and uh, potential nation-state participation in 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 cybercrime. The second trend, uh, I don't know how to call it precisely, but uh, Druba, I would, I, I guess it's somewhat like the opsification of, uh, of uh, data and, and uh, machine learning. So for example, uh, you now have these umbrella terms, data ops and ML ops, right? So the ML ops umbrella term seems to have initially uh, grown out of, uh, the need for the need to be able to deploy to production, so the, the production productionization of models, um, 
But I think the common thing with any ops-related function, so you can trace this back all the way to IT ops, dev ops, and now ML and data ops is uh, three areas, right? So there's automation, um, monitoring, and incident response. So, so if you look at both the data space and the ML space, there are all sorts of tools that allow you to automate uh, a variety of things, monitor your models or your data pipelines, and allow you to respond to incidents. Because as you uh, both know, uh, these are complex systems, so things fail uh, eventually. So the point of ops, after all, is to minimize your time to recovery, right? So, so yeah, so there's the opsification. And then the other thing I'm noticing is there's a lot of language now I don't know if you folks are noticing this around injecting rigor to aspects of data engineering and machine learning. Um, so how do you build pipelines? Um, how, do you, uh, how do you unit tests or do integration tests on pipelines and ML models, right? Because these are complex end-to-end -end DAGs, right? Um, yeah, so... Uh, how do you inject software engineering rigor, the, the kinds of things that you would see in other aspects of software de development, how do you map that over to data engineering and machine learning? And uh, on the data analytics infrastructure, there's also a lot of excitement around uh, just new sets of tools, right? So you folks are familiar with real time, but there's also uh, kind of that next generation data lake and uh, uh, full disclosure, I'm an advisor to Databricks. And one of the things that I did when uh, last year for them was uh, we wrote this, uh, I think what has become kind of the reference post for lake houses, right? Which is kind of the, the new data ma management paradigm, which is the evolution of the data lake. Um, what else? Uh, distributed computing is once again, becoming important just because of uh, the size of the machine learning models in particular. Um, I think in, ma in many ways, some of in some parts of the data processing or data engineering pipeline, maybe you can uh, obviate the need for distributed computing, but uh, for training really large machine learning, particularly deep learning models, it seems like a, a you really need distributed computing resources. But on the other hand, uh, now we're talking, you know, uh, much smaller number of companies who get to that level of sophistication. And looking much further into the future, and uh, I don't know, Druba, if you folks are thinking about this, but multi-cloud. Um, so multi-cloud in the two senses, right? So one, just making sure you run on multiple clouds but even looking further ahead into the future, um, the commodification of cloud platforms, <laughs> that's a bit speculative, right? So, but imagine if your relationship with, is with Rockset, so you log on to Rockset, uh, maybe you have your data, you know, um, in, in several cloud platforms already, and then CloudSet would just basically run whatever you need to do. Uh, and you won't even need to know the details. Your relationship is completely with Rockset, right? So, so Jan Stoika and I actually wrote a post about this early this year where we 
talked about multi-cloud and uh, what we termed multi-cloud native platforms, which is kind of this more uh, uh, next generation uh, type of cloud applications where you, you essentially commodify the cloud platforms. Um, yeah, and so those are the things that come to mind. There's, uh, you know, obviously responsible AI is another topic in, in the machine learning world, which uh, also probably uh, uh, affects, impacts you folks because you're doing analytics, right? So responsible AI being the umbrella term for that collects a series of risks, right? So security and privacy, safety and reliability, uh, fairness and bias, explainability, right? So how do you, how do you make sure that uh, when you build data and machine learning applications that you are in fact mitigating some of these risks? So data officers have nothing going on. Is what nothing going on, yeah. <laughs> What, so I, I'm curious to hear what uh, Druba has to say about the uh, what the, the whole opsification, the yeah. ops uh, umbrella term that seems to be you know started out with IT dev now you have ML and data ops. Yeah, I think opsification is a kind of a follow on because people are trying to make these part of their production environment, right? Yeah, harden, not right? fail, harden them and make them rock solid because the business depends on it. Uh, you also talked about responding to like uh, as a response kind of thing, right? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So there's automation, monitoring, and incident response. Yeah. Incident response. And so response also needs kind of uh, flexible backends because sometimes you need to do a lot of investigation before you can respond, for example, right? Um, so all these things are becoming part of the data pipeline because they're becoming kind of mission critical for most enterprises. We see that a lot. And... Uh, I mean, Rockset, a lot of people use it kind of from, for those areas. Um, you had some, you, had, you were about to ask something, uh, Gio? Yeah, I mean, it's, it, this is, um, it, I'm recalling the conversation uh, that we had in episode five uh, with the chief data officer of Farfetch, which is um, a UK um, e-commerce brand. And he was saying how data culture is now permeating the entire organization in some way, shape or form from cybersecurity and how that's protective of, of the data in, in some way um, to just the operations throughout the company and how data is handled. So it really is um, reminding me of just this, this uh, saying where, you know, where software was eating the world, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago, now it's data is, is eating the world. So it's, it's really interesting how um, you know, analytics is coming into play in this. You know, Ben, how do you see real-time analytics affecting kind of the evolution of data owners and groups within companies? So, I mean, I, to me, in many ways, uh, real-time uh, is a continuation of the same sorts of challenges. Um, so meaning, so for example, if, even if you set aside real-time uh, itself, right? So what's happening today is that you now have an expanding pool of workers, as you alluded to, Gio, who use data on a regular basis. So these are frontline workers, executives. So they don't, uh, in other words, not everyone has to be technical these days to use data. Mm -hmm. You now have uh, BI tools that 
maybe incorporate even the ability to build simple models, right? So people can can uh, do a lot on their own these days. So as you expand the number of people who rely on data, then they start depending on data. And so basically you have some same similar challenges regardless of whether or not it's real time or not. The one thing I would say about real time though is that uh, as people depend on data to make these decisions and predictions and and uh, to run operations, then uh, you know uh, they really uh, they really uh, end up changing the way they do things. So they get, get dependent on data that's fresh and reliable. Mm -hmm. So I would say then uh, to that end, then I I would say one of the main challenges for real time in this in this regard is, uh, uh, again, it goes back to a similar uh, challenge in, in the non-real-time world, but probably more pressing in real-time data quality, right? So, mm -hmm. so if, you have, uh, if you don't have the, the tooling or the processes in place to, to spot and address data quality issues, then you might have inadvertently uh, made decisions based on uh, wrong data, right? Um, and then uh, this, the things that I alluded to earlier, kind of the operational challenges become even more challenging with uh, real time. Um, so yeah, so think about one thing in specifically data pipelines, right? So now you have a real time data pipeline and uh, you know, you've got a modify it, you gotta write new code, debug it, roll, roll it out, uh, or first of all, unit tested, integration testing, and then roll it out. And then if there's a mistake, roll it back. I mean, if it's a real-time pipeline, that becomes even more uh, challenging, right? Um, and then there's, uh, there's challenges on the, on the end user, it's on the end user themselves in many ways, but, uh, it, th those are more cultural and organizational challenges, right? So for example, uh, what if you are in a position as an IT team to, to deliver really good, high quality, real-time data, but the organization doesn't have a data strategy in place to, to understand what to do with this uh, uh, new streams of data, right? So, and how to interpret uncertainty in these new streams of data. Um, yeah, and also just you know sh shifting the mindset from uh, relying on monthly reports or weekly reports or daily reports to something more uh, more uh, fresh. Um, but the engineering challenges I would say are similar, but probably more high stakes in some ways, if you know what I'm saying, right? So because basically the the decisions, if the decisions are have uh, tremendous implications and the data is in your data ops, real-time data ops is, is not delivering, then uh, you're screwed, right? So, so you, uh, Ben, have a podcast. Um, why don't you, and, and why don't you tell us a little bit about your podcast, tell us about Gradient Flow uh, and where people can find out more about you and your projects. Yeah, so, uh, 
I started the podcast basically as I was leaving O'Reilly because actually uh, Druva was a guest on my O'Reilly data show. Um, so I actually started podcasting before podcasting was a thing <laughs> at, at O'Reilly. And then when I was leaving O'Reilly, I decided, well, you know, I should probably just keep this going, right? So, so I rebooted it uh, as an independent podcast. It, you can find it at the dataexchange.media. And it's basically, uh, you know, it's a way for me to learn along with the audience about new topics. Uh, and the focus is, uh, you know, data, machine learning, and AI. And uh, accompanying that, I set up kind of a, a, a market research, I guess, or I guess consulting firm, because I do, I, I do some data science for people who want me to do data science, but it's mostly uh, uh, strategy, content marketing, uh, consulting, and uh, even, so we even do events uh, around this uh, consulting of, uh, company that I call Gradient Flow, which you can find at gradientflow.com. Um, so there we have reports and surveys and blogs on the topics of data, machine learning, and AI. And in fact, uh, I'd like to plug an open uh, survey we have right now, which this audience uh, would probably be great uh, survey respondents for. It's a, a survey on data engineering. And you can find it at gradientflow.com slash 2021DE survey. Awesome. We'll put that um, in the links of the podcast as well when uh, when we go live. Perfect. All right. Well, that's all that we had for today. Um, wanted to keep it short, succinct, and to the point. Ben, uh, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for being with us uh, and your insights. Uh, and Druba, thank you as well. Uh, for your insights as well. Um, the Why Wait podcast is brought to you by Rockset. Here at Rockset, we're building a real-time analytics cloud-based platform. Uh, check us out at rockset.com. You can give us a try for free for two weeks, um, which $300 in free trial credits are included. Uh, thanks so once again. Thank you once again, gentlemen, for joining. Thank you to the audience for joining um, and stay tuned for our next episode. Thank you.